Inside Books with Breda Brown. Welcome to Inside Books, a programme about the magical world of writing. I'm Breda Brown and in each episode of Inside Books we chat to people associated with the world of books, including well-known authors, publishers, editors, agents, critics, booksellers and more. You'll find Inside Books on SoundClouds or iTunes and our Twitter handle is at InsideBooksIRE where you'll also find lots of other interesting books news. My guest today is Vanessa Fox O'Loughlin, otherwise known as the crime author Sam Blake. Her third book is on shelves now, but she also wears a number of other hats. She runs writing.ie, the website for writers and readers, and she's also a literary scout. Vanessa, you're totally immersed in the writing industry. How did it all start? It really started with me wanting to write a book. My husband went sailing across the Atlantic in 1999 um, and it was an eight-week trip and I was at home on my own. And I'd, I mean, I'd been living in Ireland for a few years then, but I didn't know that many people. Um, and so I, there was some, it was in November. There were long, dark evenings when I was sitting at home and I just had an idea and decided I'd start writing it. Um, this was in the days nearly pre-internet where I didn't even know how to use a computer. So I wrote it out longhand and I was working for an event management company at the time. So I used to go in the offices in the evening at weekends and stuff and type it up. Um, um, and produced this absolutely amazing book that I thought was fantastic. fantastic. <laughs> oh, I just thought it was so great. And I was absolutely completely convinced it was going to be a bestseller. So I duly sent it out, and put the, put, literally put the last full stop down, did all the wrong things and um, sent it out all over the world, everywhere. Everybody got it. And um, needless to say, it was rejected left, right and centre. But the bug had really bitten at that point. And so I decided I'd start the next book. And um, I think that one was a bit short, but I, was, I kept going and obviously the rejections kept rolling in. Um, and then I started a third book. Um, and then by the time I got to the third book, I'd, I'd met an editor, um, a lovely lovely lady called Tressa Cody, who used to run Townhouse Country House. Um, and she really liked that book. So that was really encouraging. Um, and it sort of grew from there, really. And sort of along the way... I, I realised I needed to learn how to write. So you were tenacious, though? Totally. Oh, yeah, I think I am with everything. <laughs> I just, <laughs> if I have a goal set, I'll, I'll go for it. So, yeah, no, as along the way, I, um, I realised that I needed to learn how to write better because obviously my spectacular first manuscript obviously had quite a lot of So flaws. how did you go about that then? Um, well, originally I did a, a workshop down in Dingle, um, a lovely workshop down for, for a weekend. Um, I had two small children at that point. Um, obviously it takes me some years to get to these as you move along through writing. And um, But in order to get there for the weekend, my husband was in the guards then and worked shifts so I had to fly my parents over from the UK to mind the kids. I had to leave the notes on the fridge, you know, the frozen food, the whole lot. Um, so it was quite a military operation actually getting down there. Uh, but I had a fantastic time, absolutely loved it. Realised that, yes, I could write, but I need. I really knew I needed to learn more. And um, and learn more about structure, about plotting, te- or just about technique, everything? Techniques. It's all those techniques, the fiction writing techniques that we use in fiction writing every day that they don't teach you in school. So there's things like showing, not telling, and using the five senses, painting the picture for the reader, lots of things like that, which now sound like stock phrases, but I I had no clue about at the time and I think if you if you don't if you don't understand what you do you know you do it instinctively but you don't know what you're doing and why it's happening that way um, you, it's very hard to make it better so understanding what you need to be doing is, is the sure way to make it better. So did you decide to share that knowledge then with well, others? I decided that I needed to find out from other people exactly how to do this and I wanted to learn from best-selling authors because I thought they obviously know what they're doing because that's mm-hmm. how they got there in the first place um, and obviously I was working in event, in event management so organising things was fairly second nature to me so I decided I'd start my own workshops up here in Dublin um, 
and um, I wanted I needed one day workshops I wanted to do them on a Saturday because that's when I could get away and get my husband could look after the children and um, I literally scoped out a hotel spent ages doing that and I originally I was only going to run one workshop and um, but once I found the hotel and gone to all the trouble of working out and, and you know pricing and all those things I thought that seems a bit silly, so I'd run a few. So I decided I'd run a season. And the original idea was that they would just run in the winter. They'd be the first Saturday of every month during the winter um, because obviously the kids are off for school holidays. So it was very much entirely geared towards my lifestyle and me wanting to learn. But I, I discovered in setting them up that actually there were an awful lot of other people who were in the exact same position as me and Makes they became sense. enormously successful, um, which was, wasn't really something I anticipated. So they just grew and grew and grew and um, I had some amazing authors at them. Really great. And did that become the Inkwell group then? And that became, yes, that started off as Inkwell writers, Inkwell, um, yeah, absolutely. And then that grew, then Inkwell then grew. I set up the, I've discovered the writing.ie domain was available. So I set up writing.ie. Originally Inkwell had a newsletter that used to I used to send out it was literally really the bog standard email that went out to everybody on the network and um, it, it had competitions in it and festivals and information like this and invariably I'd send the newsletter and then two minutes later an email would ping in saying do you know about this competition do you know about this event that's happening and if I thought well, well I don't know about it then how is anybody else in the country going to know what's going on so um, you wanted to collate all of that so information yeah, so, in one place so writing.ie really is sort of the Inkwell newsletter in a much grander form with pictures and <laughs> um, it's and, 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 and you know and obviously again it's really really popular and people love it so it's it's fantastic and how do you work that now on a daily basis do you run it yourself um, I am blessed I have a fantastic guy who lots of guys and people listening to this might know called Adrian White who used to work for um, Debray Books and Easton's and he's a fantastic bookseller and an author in his own right um, and he actually does all the management now for writing.ie for me thank goodness and that gives you more time to write Excellent and in terms of, of Inkwell as well you provide one-to-one consultations for would-be authors as such is there much demand for that? Um, there is the biggest thing we do really a reader's reports which is going through somebody's um, an, a, an author will read somebody's manuscript and then give them feedback on that book whether it's plot or whether it's you know whatever it needs to be fixed or looked at or um, and, and those are enormously useful when I going way back in my story when I first met the editor Tressa Cody one of the things she did for me was send out my book to get a reader's report and I, I have to say I was completely horrified at the one that came back but it taught Why? me so much say? oh I just had I was just I didn't know anything about showing not telling so I was busy telling the story and I remember there was this line the retired secretary crossed the road and that still gives me the shivers because it was just you know when, when the reader pointed it out I was like yeah you're just I'm just telling her everything in the one sentence and there was no picture for the reader anything all those things so but they are so useful because they they really point you in the right direction I mean and some people need more than one report you know it depends what level you're at working through but we we, we follow people through um we had one guy who um started off and um you know, the book The book needed a good bit of work, but he was really diligent and kept going. And I think we did four reports for him. And the last, by the time it got to the end, it was a completely different book. It was beautifully written and we got to land him an agent. I sent it to an agent and she ran back and she was just so excited. It's great. And what about authors, though, that you just know won't be good enough? How do you handle that? Well, I think, honestly, everybody will be if they spend, if they put the time in. It's literally down to the individual. Um, I mean, obviously, create you can't teach creativity. That's something that has to come. But I think you can train. It's like any muscle. You can, you can train someone to become creative and if people know how what they should be looking for and how to connect ideas and that type of thing then 
then you can, I'm sure you can learn that. You can definitely learn writing technique. Um, so I think everybody can be better. Maybe not everybody's going to reach publishable, commercial publishable standard, um, but absolutely everybody can definitely improve. But you have had success as well with some of your authors. Oh, massive success. Yeah, no, we really have. We've been really, really blessed. Um, and I think it's just because, I think it's because those people are out there who have the dedication and they have the talent and they just want to get get stuck in, yeah. So going back then to your own writing, um, Book number three is about a, a detective called Cat, Cat Connolly. Absolutely. So where did she come from in your head? Okay, so I originally, um, the first book in this is, I, I'm calling it a trilogy, but it's really only a trilogy because it's the three books that are set in Dunleary because at the end of this book, she goes off somewhere else. But So we'll call it the trilogy for the moment. So the start, the first book, Little Bones, um, was all about um, the uh, cat or somebody discovering the bones of a baby, baby hidden in the hem of a wedding dress. And that's where the idea started. And when I started writing that book, um, I actually started with the artist Zoe, who's one of the characters in the book and was writing a lot about her and, and it was about her family and there was no detective in it and then as I was working through doing writing and writing and writing I realised that somebody had to find the bones and and had you not planned to do crime in the first place? No or? I always, I read crime so I love crime and that's really so it was good, It was always going to be very dark um, but it was really just a story it wasn't particularly going to be well obviously there were bones so there's obviously the criminal element there somewhere <laughs> isn't there but um, anyway I didn't certainly didn't have Cat at the start and then I realised I needed somebody to, to find the bones and so I started writing a scene where the police arrive and find the bones and then Kat just jumped onto the page and there she was pretty much you know nearly fully formed with her mini and her boxing and everything and with that book then did you have the book written before you sent it to a publisher or what was your process in relation to that oh very much so the the one of the things that you you forget about when you're a new writer is that you have the luxury of time with your first book and you're not in a contract situation you're not dashing to get a book into your editor and a number of authors have said that to us oh, yeah the, se- the second one is the difficult one yeah well <laughs> me, with me it was the third that had to be written so fast but uh, anyway it was um yeah so you have the, so i spent i started writing little bones and it went it morphed through so many different changes and different things and then obviously cat arrived and it became a police procedure I remember running a workshop um, and um, saying to somebody you know I've got this I'm writing this book and it's called detective in does that mean it's detective and she was like yes it does mean it's detective <laughs> and yes you need to sort of look at that whole thing so um, yeah no so I, that probably took I'd say about three years to write Little Bones and um, then um, what happened then and then I parked it for a bit because I wrote something else um, I'd sent it out I had a, an, a, um, an agent then and she sent it out to various places and it didn't and how did you get the agent she, I'd met her at a lunch actually Debray Books um, ran a lunch big author lunch so thing. networking is important totally networking is, is crucial I think in any business and particularly in publishing it's really really tiny world and um, you know you just chat to people she knew I think she must have known of Inkwell and she'd read uh, I'd done a story for Mum's the Word for Sarah Webb for a book called Mum's the Word and she'd read that and really liked it and what did she say to you did she say send me the whole thing send me a couple of chapters or how did that yeah, work? Yeah, I think I sent the book. I remember having a very funny conversation with her on the phone and she she said, um, I was on holiday, I'd arrived in the Asda car park in Cornwall and she rang and she said, uh, she said, do you know, you know lots of people in publishing? She said, do you want me to represent you? And I said, well, yes, please. That would be nice. So, yeah, so it was great. Anyway, so she sent it out, but it, but it didn't gel at that point and um, I worked on it some more and then um, I parked it and wrote something else and then I got my second agent, um, Simon Truen in WME and um, he didn't actually know that I wrote. I'd forgotten to tell him that part I was scouting at that point and we'd met through various um, festivals and that type of thing and done lots of work together and um, I remember having a book on the table it was one of Alex Barclay's thrillers and um, he said oh you're reading Alex's book and I said oh yeah she's been really influential on my writing and he went oh do you write and I said oh yeah I've written this book about the bones with the baby and the hem and the wedding dress and he went oh I'd really like to read that and a little bit of serendipity there absolutely and that was it 
Yeah, and what sort of deal then? Was it a one book or a two book deal or how did that work? It's a three book. So it's, so it's with Bonnie Zafra who are um, a new, uh, well they're not very new, they've been going in Sweden for years and years and years but they were just setting up a new fiction imprint in London and um, they have, um, they've lots, it's a very, very, very big company um, and they were really, really looking for, for debut fiction and it, it worked really well. So literally he had lunch with the with the uh, Mark Smith who used to actually own Quirkus and was brought in by to Bonnier to, to get going um, on Thursday and he bought it on the Friday. Wow. So it was great. That was fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm sure you were thrilled. I was delighted. And Simon, I Sam, Sam, Simon rang me at two o'clock to say that he'd had an offer and he wanted to know what the series development was of the book for the next, because I, I sort of thought about it being a series, obviously, as you do, because it's a detective character, but I hadn't really thought about it. And I was like, oh, yes, what series development would that be? <laughs> and I was picking up my from my, my son from school at 2.30, so I had to write a very Try fast figure one. <laughs> exactly. So it was great. But anyway, yes, it was a three book deal. So book one, book two, you said were, were okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, the luxury of time with mm. book one, book two was okay. So book three, though, was difficult. Book three is really hard because I had lots of ideas and they were sort of floating around in my head, but they weren't gelling into one thing. And um, I had a deadline, which, as it turned out, was in the middle of April. And um, I only really started writing it in February. So I wrote the first draft. Oh, dear. Two months. Yeah, quite fast. <laughs> and time. I also didn't realise when the, when the deadline was. And um, Why did you leave it so late? Um, because I didn't, I didn't have anything to write about. I, I, first of all, I was editing the second book. What was I doing? So... So I was doing all the different bits and pieces with the with the second book to get that ready to go. That got that was handed in because these things they overlap by a year. So that was handed in about September. So we were editing that. I knew I needed to start. I, my plan was to start on the first of January, but I sat there on the first of January and looked at the blank page and I had all these bits of ideas and really I just sort of thought, well, I'll just have to wait for the idea to come. I don't really know what I did, but it just anyway. I should and have is just, that I, I can imagine a sense of anxiety though around that. Um, I wasn't really anxious. I knew I'd get there eventually. Um, it was just okay. And I know I'm well, I'm a very focused person, so I know if I need to do something, I will do it in time. Um, because then what happened was then I just because I didn't really know when the deadline was I knew it had to be April sometime um, so I was beavering away and I got about 70,000 words written my editor emailed me to say how's that book coming on you know your deadline's tomorrow oh dear <laughs> and I was like yeah, okay <laughs> so I said to her I can have it to you back in two weeks but I was in the middle of launching book two at that point and which I'd forgotten about when I had the conversation so I um, ended up having to write the last 30,000 words in nine days Okay, so you can do it if you need to. If you if you sit down and and you focus, are you happy with it? Um, I am now. Yes, it's really interesting because Little Bones was it took so long to write because I had lots of time, so I was just just gently mo- moving it along the whole time. The second book, I had a bit of it written, and then I did change the plot radically, but you know, sat and wrote it through, and that didn't change massively in the edits. This one changed really radically. So I literally, I wrote the first draft, and um, by the second draft, I completely changed the ending. I can cha- change who the killer was I had changed the way they got killed you changed who the killer was yeah I changed everything I <laughs> you just, changed who got killed <laughs> yes it was all uh, yeah it was, it was just I just wanted to tweak it a bit I had a plan um, is tweaking it a bit now Vanessa well I know there's radically changing it, yeah, it so yeah so no it's, it's good now it's all about the dark web and somebody being spied on on their on their um their webcam and that's all part of the story and has the experience because the experience of the three books sounds quite different has Mm. that really helped you in your other career aspects where you're working with you know writing.ie and the inkwell group well i think i think understanding how the business works from both sides is really useful um i will say i I, because i work with agents and i'd scout a lot someone was looking for new talent i I have a good feel for what 
works um, and um, I understand that side of the business but then to be on the other side to be the author and to get the edits in and then have to work on it and especially when you have to do massive changes um, it's um, it's really yeah, it's, it's interesting it's really good it's great to see the three, full 360 The shoe is on the other foot Indeed absolutely. And w- being an author then and you know sitting in that seat and being reviewed and people having a view on your books how did that feel for a change? It's terrifying it's, really? it's never never not terrifying so you 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 especially with the first book I mean that's really terrifying So personal It really is and you've been especially when you've been working on this thing for years and um, it gets out there and especially I suppose in, in many ways when, when I've been running organisations that have been teaching people how to write and helping people write and um, you know running writing.ie if it was a terrible book it would have been a bit of a disaster it would have been you know was was a bit of a risk in some ways getting it out there I suppose um, fortunately it wasn't and it all went fine but um, it, yeah so there's always that terror but there, and there's also the terror of the reviews coming in and you know if people don't like it and not everybody likes every book so you, you get a whole mixture of stuff um, I have one guy who left me a one star Amazon review because he downloaded it for his Kindle and he didn't have a Kindle so <laughs> There's no accounting for for some people. Um, And the the other interesting question is, you didn't use your own name as your author name. Your author name is Sam Blake. It is indeed. Why? Um, Because Vanessa Fox O'Loughlin is enormously long (laughs) and would crowd a cover somewhat. Um, But also, O'Loughlin's lovely here, but it it doesn't work in the UK at all. Whenever anyone introduces me in the UK, they get to the O and then they just sort of start stumbling. Um, And it needs to be a name. You need an author name that people are going to remember and that, you know, that people can, can, if they hear of something like this, that they it sticks in their head and rolls off the tongue yeah and they can go and find you or they can google you or whatever and it's an easy one so um, so that's really that's why I decided to change it and are your books available in other markets they are available in the UK yeah absolutely and in audio and in um, obviously an e-book because everybody's available in e-book yeah and what reaction have you gotten from the UK market uh, it's been great actually yeah no really good um, I got an amazing review um, in the Lancashire Post only the day before yesterday and um, just came pinged up on my Google alerts and um, it was really lovely saying they really, they obviously really love the books. So um, it's always a bit strange because when you do write it, when you do write, you especially when you're in a contract situation, you don't really get time to to, to sit and back and think about what you've written, and you just have to sort of get it out there and hope. Um, and so when you know when you do get nice reviews and people are loving it and they're liking the, there's a lot of pace and there's a lot of action in these books. Um, then um, it's great. It's really lovely. And where are you at now then? Is there, is there another one in the offing? So at the moment, I've just literally finished a standalone, um, which is a completely different story. And, um, is it crime? It is crime and it's a thriller. It's about two women who um, meet on a plane. And um, so that's so I finished that. That's just the first draft my agent's got at the moment. He's reading it. And is it Irish based? It's um, based in, um, yeah, a bit in Dublin, in Kleine, um, in London and in New York. So it goes, the three women go around to three different places. Exactly. So then I've got an idea for Cat Connolly 4, um, because Cat at the end of this book goes into a different area. I'm not going to let anything, there's no spoilers. But um, so I've got a, a really exciting idea for the cat, for the next Cat Connolly, and we'll see what happens to that. And so that would be book four with her. So that would be her book four. See yeah. it extending out further than that. Yeah, I'd love to write more because she's such a great character. Mm, and she she's, I feel I know her so well that it's very different writing a standalone because you have to start all over again with the characters. And so I have huge respect for anybody who writes who doesn't write series books who writes you know different different because it's a a whole you're literally starting from scratch each time and how did you find that process the standalone versus the series it took me a lot longer to get into the idea and get the idea right and the characters right Um, but once I did I love the character
characters and and it was really quite liberating it's really nice to be able to get away I suppose from the police from police procedurals I think I think I like the fact that this isn't a procedure it's a, it's a thriller it's, and you know. it's quite interesting you say that because we had the other crime author Joe Spain in with mm. us recently and she's done her series and and her standalone The Confession is on shelves at the moment she said exactly the same thing she sort of wanted a little break from that police procedural mm. and do a more psychological thriller which yeah. she has done you yeah. know yeah. and in terms of Cat Connolly then is there any opportunities for the screen yeah the film rights film TV rights have been sold um, was sold a while ago actually to a company whose name I always get wrong but I think it might be Square One but they made the, the imitation game the movie the imitation right. game they're based in I think they're based in Germany anyway they've, they've you're got, in good company then. yeah they've got uh, yeah they're working on all sorts of different ideas and bits and bits and pieces so and fingers crossed yeah. be, it will be great to see it and in terms of you're busy you do have a lot going on yeah. um, so finding the time to write is it is it difficult um, can be I've, I write everywhere so I've got I've come out here today and I've got some gaps in my day um, between meetings and I have my laptop in the bag so I'll be I get it out the minute I have free time um, I write on planes I write on trains I write I write literally everywhere in the car when I'm waiting to pick up the kids um, wherever you can wherever I can I fit it in um, but I really love it I love that that sense of just being disappearing off into my world with my with the characters so it's and, the best thing going for it and in terms I suppose just before I let you go the quality of new writing that's coming out and you're obviously in a privileged mm. position to be able to see some of that at early stages. What's your view on it at the moment? We have amazing writers in this country. I think we've got more amazing writers per capita than any, any other country in the world um, and there, there's original stuff coming out. There's, there's brilliant people everywhere and um, it's great. It's fantastic. It's, I, think, I think there is this thing, it's absolutely true that the Irish, Irish are a nation of storytellers they and there, there's, there's that natural ability, I think, to tell a story um, and to be creative and and um, come up with new ideas. So remind us of all your websites. So uh, writing.ie is the big one. That really is sort of the hub that links to everything. Um, And there are really some great tips and hints on there for anybody who's either currently writing or thinking about writing. Yeah, that's pretty much everything you need. Um, it does. It is a big site, so it does take a bit of navigation and a bit of patience to, to sort of fiddle your way through it. But we literally have two feature items every week um, talking to authors about what inspired them, how they, what their path to publication was. And then we have a whole resources section, which is um, you'll easily find on Google. We're highly ranked on Google. So um, the resources section has is all the technique stuff. So it's like, you know, how to write, how to write dialogue, how to write, how to show, not tell, you know, how to develop character. All of those things, um, which are really, really vital. Great. Well, Vanessa Fox O'Loughlin, also known as Sam Blake, thank you for joining us here on Inside Books and you'll find the Cat Connolly series in your local bookshop now. The next episode of Inside Books will be out soon. Just keep an eye on our Twitter feed for details. The handle is at InsideBooksIRE. And if you haven't already, you can give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It really helps to push us up the charts. So go on, make it your good deed for the day. I'm Breda Brown. Until next time, keep reading. Inside Books is a unique media production. 